My neighbours didn't know what situation I was in. To walk past the house, no, you wouldn't know. The only thing you'd think is, oh, that person keeps their curtains closed. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. The one thing I didn't want was to be judged. You put a front on to people. I won't have a cup of tea because I've only got a quarter of a pint of milk that's got to last me a week. You make excuses. Oh, the boiler's not working today, so I can't put the heating on, sorry. Oh, the bulbs are blown, sorry. I'd go around and take the bulbs out. My bedtime became sort of four or five o'clock in the evening because I couldn't read by the lights I had and or do my cross-stitch or anything like that. Collect the post once in a blue moon, big pile of letters, and it, we want this, we want this, we want this. You can't have it, there's just nothing left. You don't see an end. And as much as people tell you there's an end, there isn't. You're living, not day to day, I was living minute to minute. And the only answer I could see was, if I'm not on this earth, you can't get anything from me. Although one and a half million people haven't got enough food to eat, heating for their home, or even a place to call their home, right here, right now in the UK, poverty is in every community, often hidden behind closed doors. I know what it's like to not have enough to feed your children. I know what it's like to have to leave home. And that's why I started CAP 23 years ago. We offer award-winning debt counselling. We have job clubs and we offer courses that help people with life skills and dependencies. Every one of our life transforming services is run in partnership with a local church just like yours. Whenever CAP partner with local churches, lives are transformed and poverty is relieved. Every year together, tens of thousands of lives are touched by the work of CAP and the local church. But most importantly, around a thousand people choose to respond to Jesus. On her own, Tina had absolutely no chance of resolving her debt situation. But once the local church and Cap were on the scene, things began to change dramatically. It was a relief when Ruth came round because for once it was someone that wanted to listen to me, that wasn't getting paid to listen to me. And I sobbed, I broke my heart. She then said, right, we're gonna help you here. They will sort you a budget out that gives you money that I can go shopping where I could open the post and just put it in an envelope and send it to Ruth or keep it for her next visit. Such a relief to be able to get up in the morning and open your blinds and your curtains and you see sunlight instead of a dark room. You know, and I remember going to church after I went debt free. You right? Yep. I went debt free the other day. Yeah, and you know, and everyone was generally pleased that I'd done it as well. And through the coach journey, I started going to my local Baptist church. And it started restoring my faith. I got baptised, and it was like a piece of my wall that I put up came down, but also another weight got lifted with the support of my father and the support of the churches and the people around me. I can now start rebuilding my life.
Very good. So what is it, what things in particular are you excited about, about starting the, the centre next week? I mean, that video that um, you guys just saw really moved me. I just yeah, think I that it is such a fantastic opportunity um, to provide that kind of hope where actually the depths of despair are so um, all encompassing for people and to be able to transform that and to really show God's love and grace to people who may not have experienced that um, before at all. Um, it's just amazing, really, isn't it? Incredible. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Becca. Well, speaking of which, let's hear from uh, Georgina now, who uh, is part of Kendall Road Baptist Church. And Georgina, you've actually been through the process yourself, haven't you? Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit um, so, hello, Georgina. Nice to see you. Hello. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about what your life was like before CAP got involved? Okay, so I have two children, um, teenagers, scary. Um, I'm married and have been married for 17 years. And I currently work in the NHS and have been for the past eight years. So I'm really grateful at this time that I have a job because I wouldn't want to be back in that position. Um, so I wrote some things down, so just bear with me, get those up. Um, so 15 years ago, we became parents and I was working in a minimum paid job and my husband was in the process of setting up a business. So he was working in, with, in the same company as me, but also, doing his business um, and just before I went on mat leave with my daughter we merged our company with someone else um, prior so within the sort of I guess within the the time that Hannah was born and so that was 2005 up to 2011 uh, my husband got made redundant four times within a three-year period so there's only so many times you can keep going with that kind of thing and I always worked in sort of minimum pay jobs and I had two children so I couldn't work full time um, and so life just got on top of us really um, in terms of finances and it became a real strain um, I'll try not to cry <laughs> It was, I guess, it just consumed me, the thought of the bills coming. Um, so where the lady said that she wouldn't open her post, I squirreled post away because I recognized the postage stamp. So I was like, oh, I'm not gonna deal with that because I just knew it was the same old rubbish that had happened last month. And, you know, all we could do was pay the minimum which didn't even cover the interest on some of the credit cards. And some of that was acquired from the business. Some of it was acquired through bad decisions. And a lot of it was acquired through having to live, having no money to buy food. So you put it on the credit card and then you move credit cards around to 0% interest offers, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, to say the least, life was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how CAP got involved and, and, uh, and what the process was like for you? 
Um, well, at the time, um, there wasn't a cat centre in Gloucester. And having researched on their website, I knew that it had to be local, but there wasn't anything local. So we were in a stuck position. And also with my husband being self-employed, but on the same wage each week, he wasn't keen to get involved with CAP. So I kind of took it under my own belt to get something sorted. And speaking with my dad, he was keen to help us. And I said to him, well, what about those CAP people at your church, dad? Would they be able to help us? Um, so he rang them up one day and they dropped everything they were doing that day and said, come on over. So me and my dad went over. And I think that was the first time that he found out how much trouble we were in. Yeah. Um, so we were asked, I was asked, you know, all the loans and stuff. And that's when it really sort of sinks in when someone says, you have a manageable debt, which yeah. I knew, but to be told that is quite sobering. Um, so they booked us in onto their money management course and sort of zipped us through it really, really fast and then sent us off, sent our paperwork up to head office and head office took over from there because again, there wasn't a local facility in the area. So we were very fortunate um, that we were taken on by head office. Um, and yeah, so that was, then head office got, get involved and do their thing. Wonderful. So, so then, uh, so you've sent your stuff off to head office and did they get, they got back in touch with you with a budget, is that correct? And, and you, yes. you then went through the process of starting to pay that all off. How did you, how did you find that process? It was really easy because you tell them what you've got coming in and they tell you how that's going to be split up per month. And how much they're going to pay to your creditors and the I think the biggest thing that they give you is that you can say to anyone that phones up cap have taken over my debts and they will be in contact with you so mm. you need to contact you need to talk to them so you don't have to talk to creditors on the phone anymore you can just send the letters back and say cap Yeah, so we just had, this is your budget. So this is, there's a certain amount for, um, obviously you've got your, your set bills, but things like food and clothing, um, and even for tithing, although you can't do it at the sort of 10% that the Bible states, but they give a small amount for charitable donations so that you can still carry on if, you know, if you believe in that. Um, and so long as you do as you're told, it works. Yeah. Basically. So I became very anal with my wage slip and I'm still known for it. Um, and I get people messaging me saying, can you tell me what this is on the wage slip? Apparently you're very good at it. Very good. You're the person to know then. Micromanaging the wage slip because I had to, because every penny is accounted for. Yeah. And uh, and last question for you, Georgina, would be how how would you say your life is different now um, now that you've been through the process and and, and managed your debt? Um, free, 
I think would be the word that I would use is mm. a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, it's still very emotional. Um, and watching the video at the beginning is still, still very emotional because it's, it was such a big issue and it's so easy, so easily done. It, you don't have to spend lots of money on having fun, you know, if yeah. you work in a job without a lot of money, you know, such as people are facing now. So yeah, free, I think is the word that I would use. Wonderful. Georgina, thank you so much for sharing with us this evening. Um, can we all give Georgina a round of applause in our homes? Lots of people clapping. Um, I think I, I, I witnessed several people dabbing their eyes there. So, you know, I saw that you guys. Um, Georgina, thank you for sharing with us so, um, so openly and honestly, I think that's, that's really wonderful. We really, really appreciate what you've shared with us. So guys, we're just going to, um, we're going to watch a short message now, which, um, which my friend Sean Hizzy has recorded for us. Sean's on the call. Hello, Sean. Nice to see you. Um, Sean is going to be Becca's uh, manager uh, from the Capside, and she's going to be helping us with the setup of the centre. And she's recorded a short message for us, which I'm going to share with us all now. My name is Sean Hearsey and I'm an area manager for Christians Against Poverty. I've worked with CAP for about seven years now um, and I work in Gloucestershire, Wiltshire, Bristol, Baines and North Somerset. I started as a debt centre manager and I've been an area manager for about five years. I've also fairly recently started working in church partnership as well, helping churches like yourselves who are looking at opening new debt centres. So it was a real privilege that Daniel Smith has invited me to speak to you today, and I'm really excited to be working alongside Becca Riho and so many of the other churches here in Gloucester. So I'm gonna be talking briefly today about piercing the darkness, and I'm talking about God's love and your church piercing into the darkness of so many people's lives. At CAP, 67% of our clients have missed meals. So many of you will work in local food banks and the like, and we'll just know that stat probably all too well and the effects that food poverty can have on people. 11% shockingly have no bed and 38% have contemplated suicide. I recall a lovely client who I met fairly early on in the, in the process. She had mounting bills and it, mounting debts and it just felt hopeless. And one day she had decided to, to commit suicide and she poured the bath, but there was no hot water. And in that hopeless despair of not even being able to do this and trying to find money to top up the meter, she thankfully thought about her sons and the devastating impact that her committing suicide would have had on them and changed her mind. And she rang me for help and I was so pleased to be able to take her to A&E, to be there to support her as she spoke to mental health professionals and got the help and advice that she needed and change of medications, etc. Because there is hope, whether or not God provides hope in darkness. All of these people, everyone in the world, are dearly loved by God. Brothers, sisters, parents, and some people at the moment simply have no hope. And some people are in physical darkness as well as emotional darkness. I recall a lovely young mum who lived in a block of flats and the curtains were always drawn, the house was dark. And I realised it was because she was scared of the bailiffs. 
She had a little girl who desperately wanted to play outside with the other children. But she couldn't because if she went outside and the bailiffs came, they would know that the mother was in and some of their possessions would be taken. So the family lived with the curtains drawn in the hope that no one would find them. And I remember when they were debt-free, driving past and seeing the little girl playing outside in the garden with light in her eyes and the mother sitting on the balcony with the curtains open, drinking a cup of tea. There's numerous verses about God being light. I'm drawn to Isaiah 58, verses 5 to 7. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And Jesus's mission and our mission was to bring light into darkness. 1 John 1, 5, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So how does the death center work? How do we bring light into the darkness? Well, clients will typically hear about the service through the food bank, the children's centre, doctor's surgery or the like, and they'll call a free phone number. And that number will be answered by the new inquiries team who will book the client in the diary of Becca Rio and she'll have a befriender if she's meeting in a church hall or hopefully in the future back in the client's homes. And the befriender is there to be the client's friend to support them on what can be a really tricky journey, to send them an occasional text just to encourage them, maybe go out for coffee with them and cake, and just to be there. And if that's something you think that you could do, please could you let Becca know. There is further training provided, and I'm sure she'd love to hear your support. Becca will then take the details of the client's income and expenditure, and she'll pass those up to one of the debt advisors in head office, and they will provide the advice for the client and the route out of debt. And we'll continue to support the client from head office as well as you guys in Gloucester until they're debt free or the case closes for another reason. And then that relentless cycle of bailiffs and phone calls and evictions can be lifted. And we hear so many clients speaking about a weight being lifted off their shoulder. Each year, CAP is helping over 16,000 people are working their way out of debt. And we only do that through the local church. And when the client has an appointment with them, that they know that Becca and her befriend are coming from the local church and they're there to help them as the client journeys out of debt. And that might be quite quickly through something like a debt relief order, or it might be quite a long journey through a debt repayment plan. But even if things change and life changes, will still be there along the journey with them to tweak the budget, to give new advice and make sure that they're always up to date, speaking to the creditors on their behalf. And not only is that the, the debt help that we provide, but we also want to proclaim the salvation, the news that salvation is found in Jesus. John 12 verse 46 says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay out in the darkness. And we want to share Jesus with our clients. When a client calls to make that appointment, 
They're told that Becca is coming from the church and that it is all right if she offers prayer. In the vast majority of cases, clients say that they felt heard, that they felt listened to, and they actually really appreciate that offer of prayer. Today's society is to maybe not let our light shine so brightly, but we not only want to let those shafts come in, but to smash through into their lives. And that may well be that the client goes from making a commitment, or it may be a step along a much longer journey. Our core one client, who I saw a single person who, who lived in a block of flats, and uh, we were making campus for Christmas time, and the church had rallied together, lots of food had been donated, and a few people had bought presents and gifts. And as we were putting the hampers together, someone said to me, I've got a wallet, Sean. And I mentioned this single man to put it in their hamper, purely off the top of my head as, a, as an appropriate gift. But God knew more than that. God knew when he prompted that person to get the wallet. And God knew when he prompted me to say whose hamper it should go in. Because I turned up at that client's house later that day and knocked on the door and he looked really downcast. And I said, what's happened? He said, Sean, this sounds ridiculous, but I've lost my wallet. I was in LD and I've lost it and I can't find it anywhere. I've searched the shop, I've searched the route. There's not much money in it, but there's photos and there's special things in it. And I just really find it useful to have a wallet. He was on a very, very low income. And he said, I've searched the charity shops as well, and there's just nothing. And I said, have a look in your hamper. And he opened the wallet and he just couldn't believe it. And I said, I didn't know you needed a wallet, but God did. And he had spoken to somebody to get that and put it in your hamper. And it was an amazing conversation that we were able to have about God caring about the little things in people's lives. The guy was lonely. He'd lost his job. He wasn't able to socialize with his friends anymore down the pub. But he knew in that glimpse that maybe there was something else. Maybe there was a God who did care about him and did hear his cries at night. He didn't move much further on at that point in his faith, but I know that that seed has been planted. And I just pray that other people will water it and that one day he will come to faith and that he will know in his heart that he is loved and treasured by God. We also like to share faith at any points that we can in appropriate ways so that clients can hear about the good news of Jesus. Last year, around a thousand people gave their lives to Jesus. Sorry, last year we'd had up to a thousand people give their lives to Jesus. And it's amazing to then not only have those moments of commitment, but also then to walk alongside people as they disciple and as they start to learn more about Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for them and in their lives. So what can you do? How can you help this further? Well, there's lots of things that we can ask you to do. The first is maybe you can help Becca with some volunteering. I've already mentioned the Befriender role. That would be amazing if you could support her in that. But at the heart of it also is above all the prayer team. It's so important to have prayer at the heart of, of any ministry. So if you can pray for Becca and her team, that would be absolutely amazing. Maybe you could give money to the ministry as well. I'm sure that Daniel will give you an opportunity to give money later. 
And of course, if you want to give money directly to Christians Against Poverty as well, we'd be delighted to accept any donations too. You can follow a link on our website. But really, for everybody, most importantly, you can be that friendly face that when a nervous client walks into a church the first time, be it the Vineyard, Mariners, Hillview, the Community Church, the Elim Church or Kendall Road, that you can be that friendly face, that you can say you are welcome, you are welcome. Wonderful. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so, guys, the final thing that we want to do this evening is to launch this new debt centre with prayer. Uh, we want to pray that God would bless our work with CAP and that through this centre, many people would become debt free, but would also have an encounter with Jesus that would change their lives forever. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to kind of go over what Sean just said about how you can get involved and highlight three specific ways which each of us can be supporting this debt centre. And as Sean said, the first and most important one is prayer. Uh, we would love to encourage you to commit to regularly praying for Becca and her team as they go out and meet people in our city. Um, would you please pray for wisdom as they look to do that in the midst of this pandemic which is raging on? And would you pray that many people would have a chance to meet Jesus through the work of this centre? Um, the second thing that we'd like to encourage you to do is to give your time. Um, now, all of us can do this, either by joining Becca's volunteer team, the team of befrienders, or simply by giving your time welcoming clients when they step into your church on a Sunday morning. Um, if you are blessed with free time during the week, then perhaps you can consider giving your skills and time to volunteer regularly. But uh, as Sean said so wonderfully, all of us can offer a warm welcome to these CAP clients when they show up in our churches. Uh, we all have our part to play. Uh, and finally, as again, as Sean said, she's very clever, uh, we would love to consider, we would love for you to consider giving financially to enable Becca to be an enormous blessing when she goes round to these homes. Um, now, I am personally really excited about this because uh, your pastors and I have been working really hard alongside our trustees and some grant awarding bodies to basically pay for all of the boring stuff uh, for the first two years of this debt centre. So uh, we now have enough money in the bank to pay Becca's salary, etc. Uh, but we want to give Becca the opportunity to walk into a home, to identify the specific needs and immediately reach out to fill that need uh, to demonstrate, God, demonstrate God's generous love. You know, maybe she walks into a home and there's no heating um, because there's no money for the meter or the kids can't afford new school shoes. Or maybe there's just simply no milk in the fridge. We want Becca to have access to a bank account which has been filled by the regular donations of the churches who are backing this centre. So we would like to encourage your family and your household to consider giving an amount each month, maybe just a few pounds, maybe five or ten pounds a month, not very much, to enable Becca to be an immediate blessing to those in need in our city. If all of us club together and give a small amount of what we have, then I think we can make a huge impact in communicating God's heart in our city. So uh, if you didn't think twice about buying your kids school shoes this year, if you've got enough food in your cupboards to last you this upcoming lockdown, um, if you're currently warm and comfortable, just like I am, then contributing to this blessing fund is a way that you can share God's compassion with those who need it the most. So after this gathering, uh, I'm going to be sharing uh, a link uh, to a very simple form that you can fill out where you can just tell us who you are, what your email address is, and how you would like to support the centre. And we will get in contact with you uh, with details of what that will look like in the coming week. 
Um, but before I share that and before we do anything else, we are going to take an opportunity to pray together. So the first way we're going to do that is we're going to be breaking down into small groups of five or six. So in a minute, I'm going to open some breakout rooms. Uh, now, you may be familiar with these if you've been uh, on Zoom meetings before, which I'm assuming that most of us have. But just in case you're not, uh, in a moment, you will magically Zoom into a breakout room with five or, uh, four or five other, other screens. And we would like you to take a moment to simply pray for the debt centre and to pray for Becca. Uh, we'll do that for a couple of minutes uh, and then you will come magically flying back here again and we will close in prayer. Uh, now, I'd just like to take this opportunity to say that if you are a confident type A person and are comfortable praying in front of other people, you can consider yourself commissioned to take a lead. So if you find yourself in a group, uh, I would like you to say, hello, let's pray and begin. So uh, without further ado, let's find ourselves in some breakout rooms. Here we go. Great. I think, I think we've managed to get everybody back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, okay, so finally, the last thing we're going to do tonight is I've just asked um, two of the two of the uh, the guys on our uh, kind of little steering panel, the group of guys who are helping us to make the decisions about this debt centre to just pray for us to close. So I'm going to ask Nick and Kim from uh, Elim Church and Dave from Hillview to close in prayer. Now, this has all been completely shuffled up. So I don't know where you are, Nick and Kim. Can you give me a wave? Oh, there you are. Hello. Right, I'm going to unmute you. So Nick and Kim, please would you pray for us first uh, and then Dave, uh, you can pray after that. Thank you. Father, we want to take this opportunity to thank you for the great opportunity that the Gloucester churches have to come together and to serve the local community. Lord, we just thank you that you've done this at such a strategic time where Lord, who would have known when all this started, the need, the great need that there would be, Lord, for this CAP Centre and Lord, for financial help and support. And throughout your word, Lord, we, we read how you want us to help those who are poor and you want us to help those who are needy. Lord, we thank you that this is a great opportunity to do that. And as Christians, Lord, we are excited for what you are going to do. And we thank you for all that you have done in getting this all set up. Lord, thank you for all those who have helped, who have put so much work and effort into preparing and getting this CAP Centre launched. And so, Lord, we thank you that your hand has been with this project right from the beginning. And Lord, we know that you will continue to have your hand upon it, to have your hand upon all those involved. And Lord, that your name will be glorified. We thank you for the testimonies that we have seen and just how, Lord, people have been brought to you. And so we want their financial needs to be met, but we also want their spiritual needs to be met. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can commit them to you and the centre to you. Father, we serve a God who knows what he is doing. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are a God who has prepared people's hearts and you know the needs of, the, of our town, you know the needs of this nation. But Lord, we just commit our town to you. Lord, we just commit the people involved in this ministry. Lord, we, we re really want to thank you that you know what's needed. You, you know exactly what's needed. And Father, we just pray for a, an amazing blessing over this whole project, this whole adventure. Lord, for the churches that are involved, Lord, we just commit them to you. 
further financially. We know that it's always uh, finances that seem to, to block things. And Lord, we know that there's a tremendous need. But Father, we just ask that there's so much finance that comes into CAP, Lord, Gloucestershire, that Father, that it can be a blessing. And Becky can, can really, really minister your love and peace and kindness through her giving. And, and, and Lord, we know that it comes from churches, but Lord, we know that it's directly from you. And we want to thank you for that. So Lord, I pray for a blessing over this whole project. I pray for a special blessing over Becca, Lord, and all the volunteers that are going to be involved in this ministry. Father, for wisdom, for direction by your Holy Spirit. Father, for those doors that need to be opened, for those hearts that need to be opened. Father, we just commit them to you. And we know that we serve a God who does hear, a God who is well aware of the situation. But Father, we just look forward. We've heard testimony tonight of your faithfulness. And Lord, let it be a, a, a loudspeaker from this nation, uh, from this city in, in, into the nation of your faithfulness. And we thank you for those doors that will be opened, Father. And we just commit the whole project, the leaders, the churches, those involved to you. And we thank you, Lord, for their future, for our future, Lord, as we also get involved in the project. Father, we just thank you that you're going to open many doors and you're going to save many souls. So we claim that in Jesus' name. We thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you that you have brought Becca to this point in her life. Thank you for all the things that have happened in her life to bring her to this point. Thank you for the preparation that she has had. And thank you, Lord, that she has moved to Gloucester, that you brought her here, and you brought her to this point of being the, the debt centre manager. Father God, we want to pray for her this evening. We want to commit her to you. And Father, we just pray that she would really know your love, your power, your wisdom, as she seeks to serve you here. We pray, Lord, for all her training as she learns how to help people become debt-free. And we just pray that she would receive that and to use it for your glory. So, Father, we just commit her to you as she seeks to serve you here in this city now. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you all so much for joining in this evening. Um, it's just been extraordinary to see so many of you from from all of the partner churches. Um, honestly, just the fact that this number of people from different churches will gather under one purpose is just phenomenal. You know, I've told my friends from around the country what we're doing here and they can't believe the sense of church unity in our city. So um well done you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. There's this meeting is not quite over. The Zoom call element is over, but uh, now I would like to encourage you to open up the chat box uh, in the Zoom app. You will find a link there which will take you to a very simple Google form. If you click on that link, it'll ask you your name, your email address, and just how you'd like to um, support the debt centre. And if you fill in all those details and click submit at the bottom, then somebody will get in touch with you um, this week to let you know what that will look like, how you can get involved. Um, but I encourage you to do it now before reaching for the remote to turn on Netflix. Click on the link, fill out the form and submit it. Um, it's been really, uh, oh, sorry, I've just been told that the link isn't there. Let me try sending it again. Uh, 
How about now? Can you all see it now? Yes. We love a bit of Zoom. Guys, thank you so much. Please click on that lovely link. Please have a conversation within your families. And we look forward to seeing you whenever we can see you in person very, very soon. God bless you and may his face shine upon you. Good night.